This podcast is brought to you by Eisner Award-winning Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska, and supporting listeners like you. Go to TwoHeadedNerd.com and click donate, or visit Patreon.com backslash TwoHeadedNerd to become a supporter today. Ha-cha! Yes? Oh, ha, ha. Remember me, old chum? You jolly devil. Ladies and gentle nerds, welcome to another exciting episode of THN Cover to Cover. I think this is number eight. I am not certain. I am joined by both Wooly Toots and Mr. Joe Patrick. Put your hands together. We do this every Saturday from 11 o'clock Central Time to 12.30. Pardon me. 11.30 to 12.30 Central Standard Time, Saturday mornings. It's your replacement for Saturday morning cartoons. It is your call-in show. You can hit us by calling 402-819-4894, or you can leave us a message at any time. Or you can send us an mp3 to at gmail.com. There are so many ways to do this. But before we get started, before we open the phone lines, I need Joe Patrick to reset the question of the week. I believe this one comes from Sir Jimothy. Correct me if I'm wrong. Via the THN forums. Quote, So on my weekly trip to the local comic shop, I was bowled over to see a new book by one of my favorites, Garth Ennis. I knew he had something new coming out, but I hadn't really looked into it. The title also grabbed me. Jimmy's Bastards. Such a cool name. I purchased it and devoured it. It came along at just the right time for me and was everything I needed in a comic at the time. It was creepy, like it was tailor-made just for me. So here's the question. What book have you picked up out of the blue that seemed tailor-made just for you? Meaning, it was exactly what you needed to read at that time in your life. Okay, there you go. Comics that were tailor-made just for you that you found that were perfect at that time in your life. I got a caller on the line right now. So Joe Patrick, since you are sharing the air with him, I need you to be quiet. You're very loud, and I think he is very quiet. <laughs> Caller, who is this? That is David Robbins. David Robbins? How the hell are you? I'm doing well, gentlemen. How are you guys doing? Doing real well. You are very quiet for some reason, so I'm going to turn you up. Okay. Let's try well, I apologize, and that's not normally something I'm accused of. No, it's not. You're kind of a loud mouth. What do you want to rap about today, Dave? I've got a couple of rapid-fire things, which will segue into a question I have for you guys. I love it. I love um, it. Okay. Number one, uh, Black Panther was great, yes. but T'Challa mm-hmm. was the least interesting person in the entire movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. I would, I would watch a movie about Mbaku. I would watch a movie about Akoya. I would watch a movie about Shuri. I would watch a movie about Killmonger and Claw. I would watch a movie about everybody in that movie. Black Panther, T'Challa has no, he doesn't want anything in this movie. Hmm. He, like, it, the movie is really good. Like, it's gorgeous. Everybody around it is good. The performances are all good. He doesn't want anything. I will okay. kind of got I will give you so that, that Mbaku, in my opinion, was the best thing. This in is that my movie. favorite thing. He Man was Ape so was great. My favorite yeah. thing in it. He was so great. Oh, Joe, I just thought how you can do this. You can watch the Facebook Live and you can hear everything on a, on a weird delay, <laughs> right? Yeah, just a slight delay, but you'll be able to get it. Okay, okay and I so agree. That's, I agree. That's Everybody that's around him was dynamic. Was fantastic. Yeah. Like, really well done. And I, I don't know if that was by choice to show that, like, T'Challa is the calming factor in all this, or he is, like Maybe. his father, this calm, you know, measured leader, because he is a king. I mean, that's kind of how he has to be, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, he has Absolutely. to. But 
Okay, next rapid fire. Let's go. Okay, next rapid fire. Uh, as much as I enjoy hearing every week uh, from uh, Lord Fungus mm-hmm. and from JD Gotta Catch Em All and everybody, I'm calling out Damon Chan and D Murray and yeah. Elise Wisdom. Where yeah. are all the OG listeners? Where are these nerds? <laughs> where, where, uh, where is everybody that that? Like I used to hear every week call in Lord Stephen Fino, Lord Stephen Firo. Yeah. You know, where are all these? I'll tell you what, like our master of coin has been missing and we just have this pile of cash. That's (laughs) someone's got to count building up. Yeah. Someone has to count this. (laughs) Absolutely. So I'm calling everybody out who listens and doesn't call, leave a voicemail, call in live, participate guys. Right on. We love hearing from you and and you, we're, a, we're a nerd family and we get a little concerned when we don't hear from people. It's true. I just so, assume you're dead in a so. ditch somewhere, you know? So there. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, uh, third thing. Uh, last week's question of the week. Uh, continuity things you'd like to see mashed together. I don't want to see uh, this permanently, but like along the lines of the old Star Trek X-Men crossover books, I would love to see a Buffy and Blade against oh. Marvel's Dracula and Angelus. Oh, and I think that would be awesome. <laughs> that would be so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> as long as, bro- oh man. Oh, as long as Joss Whedon writes it. Uh, exactly. Have Joss Whedon write it. He's coming back. For, I hear he's coming back to write uh, season 11 or season 12, whichever the next one is. Yes, that is the rumor. So, and I'm excited. I actually never, I've quietly never stopped reading the Buffy comics and I still love them very, very much. <laughs> I loudly I loudly still read the Buffy comics. They're freaking great. They're great. And I have the biggest man crush in the world, an angel. So there. Screw you. <laughs> David Bornaz is beautiful. He is a, like a unicorn. <laughs> <I love it>. <laughs> <laughs> Although his new show, not that great. He looks oh, great in uh, it. Though. Was it the, the, the military one? Yeah. It's the one that's not the yeah. Valor. Because yeah. Because there's always two shows or two movies at the same time that are the same topic. Yeah. It's weird how that happens, right? It's just like such a yeah. coincidence. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we're gonna make a we're gonna make a volcano movie. Hey, I hear that other studio is making a volcano movie. Totally, we make one. Yeah, we got one. Yes. Okay. Um, what are we gonna do about this asteroid fire. film? They've got a I huge got, asteroid. We've film. got an asteroid <laughs> film, dude. <laughs> Get it going. <laughs> yep. Uh, last rapid fire into my question for you. Okay. Uh, comics that are tailor made. Uh, I wouldn't go with comics, but I want to say a novel that I feel it was tailor made for me, and it hit me just right at just the right time. Ready Player One. Really? Huh. Yes. Um, okay. Uh, I, around, around the year 2000, I was one of the first people in my group of friends to discover it uh, because I knew Ernest Klein. I knew of him from like a decade before. Okay. Um, he, he did spoken uh, beat poetry out of Austin, and a friend of mine discovered him because he, he, he has nerd topics like um, Star Wars is actually a note-for-note ripoff of the Dukes of Hazard. And uh, okay. there's an entire spoken word piece comparing Chewbacca to Cooter because they both work on the vehicle. Uh-huh. And uh, who is Star uh, Wars Roscoe P. Coltrane? <laughs> uh, who would that be? Uh, Roscoe P. Coltrane. It's like Nian Nub, and, right? <laughs> no, no, no. no it's uh, too too soon. I think Boba Fett is Roscoe, and uh, as somebody is Cooter. No, somebody is um, Enos, and I don't remember who. Uh, but the, he goes through this whole thing. His daddy is uh, a, a geek porno riff that he does called Dungeons and Drag Queens. I've got um, to hear this. Huh. This sounds amazing. It is, it's, it's a spoken word album uh, called Ultraman is Airwolf. <laughs> 
All right, I'm, the, I'm putting it on the like list. His whole, here. his whole thing is that Ultraman is the adjective you should use to describe everything that is perfect or the utmost awesome. I like James that. Brown music is 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 Airwolf. I like uh, that. Um, the, the, it's 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 this whole riff that he goes on, but he has a ton of things like Nostradamus in uh, as a gu- burnout guidance counselor. Um, Jesus is a college roommate. David, I hate uh, to cut it, you it, off, buddy, but I got another call coming in here, man. Okay, so the question I have was, what do you guys think of, and are you expected or ready or uh, uh, anxious for Ready Player One? We'll get to that. That's, that's my question. Actually, they just gave up, so let's get to it. <laughs> you forced them <laughs> off the that. air, Dave. Yeah, man. Way to go. You hung in long, you hung in long enough. <laughs> okay, Hi. I'm going to give you your answer. Uh, okay. Are you willing to take the answer off the air or watch the Facebook feed? Is that cool? Absolutely. absolutely. Okay, hanging up on your ass. Thank you for your call, sir. All right. Thanks. Joe Patrick, are you back with us? I'm here, baby. Oh, let me turn you down. Damn, you're loud. You're much more powerful than David Robbins. So he wants to know, Ready Player One, do we have feels? Do we care? I hate that shit. I'm not not a... I feel nothing. I feel... And when I look at that preview, it looks like it's going to be impossible to pull off. It's going to cost a lot of money, all the licensing, right? It's going to cost a shitload of money. (laughs) It's a lot of crazy references. I just don't know how they're going to pull it off. And it's like they can only license certain things that are like very public domain. And uh, you're not going to get me with King Kong jumping in there. No, 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 no. It's got all kinds of stuff in it. It's got like Iron Giant and Back to the Future. It's got... There's a Superman reference. It's got all sorts of... crazy. All right, we got a call coming in. I'm I'm taking this call. Here we go. Thank you for calling THN cover to cover. Caller, who dis? JD Catch. Hey, JD he just got popped up on the watch. He just popped up on the watching. Oh, you just rolled out of the rack, huh? What? You just rolled out of the rack? You just get up? No, no, no. I just got home. Oh, okay. Fair enough. That counts too. What do you want to rap about yeah. today, Where JD? Where you been? What you been doing? Uh, well, I saw on the saw on the the live feed. You guys were talking about Ready Player One. Yes. Yeah. Do you have any feelings uh, about this? Do you <laughs> care about the movie? Yeah. I'm not optimistic. Right? Now, bear in mind, I read the book. I actually just read the book just this last January. I loved it. I loved the book. Okay. But my thing about the book is it plays so deeply on nostalgia. And nostalgia is kind of a very individual thing. Yes. You know, every there are so many references packed in that book that there's going to be one or two or three things. They're going to snag you with something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That don't necessarily cross over. This book like lives in the Venn di- lives in the middle of the Venn diagram. Now, okay, let me and ask you: Do you feel like they're casting too wide of a net? Maybe. You know what I mean? Like we got to get everybody sort of interested in one or two things in this film. Like how do no, you? No, 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 no. I think I think the book version in the book version, I think it was perfectly done in the aspect of, you know, this is that this is that person. You know, it's all about that that, that main person, and they're chasing all of his references. Right. I just don't think they can do that in a movie because again, there's the licensing issues. Yes. Two, there are things that they do in the book that are a bit more obscure that I can already tell from the trailers, they're going to change that reference because it's either a more recognizable character or maybe it's just a licensing issue. I don't know. Well, and it's also the book was written when? What? When was uh, the, the book? The book was written, uh, I mean, the book was written like two years ago. Oh, I mean, it, okay. Not, I, thought I thought it was, it was maybe older. Not, I thought it was older. No, 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 no. I mean, this is a relatively new book. So, yeah, I mean, and there's even pretty recent references in it. 
but are they reaching for like what age group are they reaching for? Is this are they trying to get like everybody from like fourteen to you know forty? Is that is that what they're doing? No, no, no. They're shooting. They're shooting for. I mean, they're shooting firmly for the for if you were a teen if you were a teenager or younger in the eighties. Yeah, they're, they're, like you, you know, said, it's you, nostalgia. If you can remember, okay. at- remember playing Adventure on Atari, sure. Then this is for you because it looks like a mixture of Tron and Stranger Things to me. Yeah. Right. Uh, well, I mean, the trailers are horrible at giving away what it is. I mean, the, the trailers do not do it any justice. No, the trailers are like, "Did you like the Hunger Games? Do you like King Kong? <laughs> you know, like what is going on? Yeah. And there's a dinosaur. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, okay, just to give you the the, the the elevator pitch of the book, I'm sure other people have done this, but it's basically it's in a it's in a near future where pretty much the internet has become this virtual reality thing that everyone kind of lives on and sure. it's made the world horrible. Just like and just like the, the real world right now. Yeah. The creator of that world that everyone lives in, the Oasis, is like the richest guy on earth, but he's this kind of weird hermit genius, and he passes away. And he leaves a message for all the users of the Oasis saying that he's left an Easter egg in the Oasis. And anyone who finds it gets the Oasis and his fortune, which is like $900 billion. Oh, okay. All right. So and get- so every so there are these groups of people in the oasis that are, they basically make their life hunting for his Easter egg. Gotcha. And in order to do it, they have to pass these tests that are all based on his favorite things from when he grew up. Okay. Uh huh. All right. See, now that makes a lot more sense. And, yeah. And, I mean, like, and I realize that, like, it's not fair for me to be like, what? Well, and read the book. <laughs> this looks like it doesn't make any sense. But I think those trailers yeah, yeah. suck. I think the trailers are bad. I mean, yeah. I mean, just like, you know, and that's why I'm like, there's a part in the book where, in order to pass, in order to get a clue, they have to find a very, very obscure dungeon from a, a cover of a Dungeons and Dragons uh, player's guide from 1984. That's hidden somewhere in the oasis. Once they get there, they have to go through that dungeon and beat the leech, leech king at the end of it. But you beat him at Joust, the video game Joust. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you that's the, so it's, it's almost kind of you almost had Wooly Toots on board. <laughs> no, look, I love Joust. I love okay. Joust. Right. No, I, I see how it's a mishmash yeah. of like. All right. And like he says, he's like this is like a shotgun, man. It's, they're throwing a wide net. They're going to snag somebody, everybody with something. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. W- like, hey, you liked Back to the Future, right? Because guess what? We got we got the car. Yeah, because we couldn't get anybody right? else. We got the car. <laughs> we couldn't and, get and, Doc and, Brown. Because you know you want to yeah. drive that DeLorean, dude. You want to drive it? Are you kidding me? Come on. Yeah, and what's insane is in the book, that's a two-page reference. Wow. Well, honestly, okay. in the movie, it could be a, a 10-second reference. I mean, we don't know. We're just right, getting, right, right. you but get all the hits. They put the trailer because... You know? It's yeah. like watching the Lego movie and all the different characters in the background. It's like, bing, yeah, bing, boom, yeah. boom, 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 boom. Right. It's going to be such an yeah. orgy for the eyes. You're, right. You won't even be able to Teenage handle Mutant it. Ninja Turtles show up, but yeah. they're only in it for five seconds. <laughs> With Leonardo. Yeah. Enough for you to be like, that was so rad. It was, it was great. They're like, Leonardo, be quiet. Leonardo, you too. <laughs> it's like Leonardo da Vinci and Leonardo from the Mutant Ninja Turtles. But, yeah, I just think I just think with you know the book, the book was such an individual experience, and I think 
when you're reading it, if you're a fan of those things, they're going to bring up different memories in your head. And the way you imagine things is going to be a little bit different. And it plays with that really well. It does that well as a book. Okay. I think it should just stay a book. I don't think this movie is going to do it any favors. It does seem like a big sprawling idea that they're going to try and crush into two hours and X amount of yep. minutes. Which, yep, exactly. But the good news is that always turns out really well. It's never been a problem. <laughs> so, <laughs> JD, thank you for your call, buddy, and your defense of Ready Player One and spelling it out for us dummies that only read books with pictures. All right. Well, talk to you guys later. All right, buddy. Goodbye. Hey, did you guys talk about Star Wars Rebels? No. Do you guys even know? No. What about it? The the element that they introduced into the Star Wars universe that changes everything in the world. What? Time travel. What? Okay, we'll we'll get back to this. We got a call coming in. We'll get back to this. Ready Player One came out in 2011, by the way. Thank you for calling THN cover to cover caller. Who dis? It's Bobby. Bobo. Okay. Let's do it. We've, I watched it. We've all seen the Black Panther. Boom, bang, boom. Massive spoiler Sell alerts. Those baskets. Sell Destroy those baskets. your computer right now if you don't want it ruined for you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Bob. All right. Get into it. And here's now. Do me a favor. Again, to reiterate, Let, let's reiterate. not go in back into the yeah. We already did Wakanda the and financial. We talked times. about baskets. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Okay, I think I've got three. Okay, nitpicks from Bobby the Nitpicker. Here we go. On Black First, Panther. Uh, Black Panther, he like goes after Claw, he comes back, and then his friend's like, oh, you're just like your dad. And it's like, dude, his first day on the job, he just tried to get him, and he failed, and like you gave up on him. <laughs> like, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> he literally did exactly what you wanted on his first day. Well, okay. Like, now, to be fair... This dude thought he was just going to go and murder him. He's like, go and kill the claw and bring back his and bring back his corpse. That's all you have to do. He didn't care. Right. He didn't care about the vibranium. He didn't care about the deal with the CIA and shit like that. I think he wanted to see <laughs> him go in there and whoop ass and come back with a dead body and just be like, screw you. Now, that would not be very good for a kingdom that's hiding the fact that it's highly technologically advanced and shit. You know, I mean, come on. Or how about the uh, uh, wooden fence around the rhino? You don't have a sweeter fence for your gigantic rhinos? It's got force fields, just like the dashikis, you know? I mean, come on. (laughs) All right, Bob, next knit. Keep picking. Okay. Uh, The Killmonger fight. Okay. Like the first one, when he challenges him. It's like Black Panther, like, goes... Like defeats Captain America in, like, hand-to-hand combat. (laughs) And gets his ass... Like he didn't. He was still fight. tired like, from it. He was still tired from well, that Captain also, America he also, fight. He also drank the uh, the the purple drink that took his uh, powers I, away. Yeah, I, I get juice. that he lost his the power, scissor. But he should still be a good fighter. Like he sips on the scissor, he loses his you know panther powers, and at that point, yeah, he still got moves. But Killmonger's got some moves too, baby. Look, Killmonger yeah, showing up. Killmonger's just, background. He's trained in the army. So he's good. Well, yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> he was yeah, thrown off. He was thrown off because he's like, oh my gosh. Here's uh, the son of my dead uncle. Oh, crap. Yeah. And he's badass. And he's got all these weird bumps on his chest. So he was just off his yeah, game. Like that. He was off so his game. I don't even want to touch that dude, let alone fight him. Like, those bumps look weird, man. You know? <laughs> I wanted it to be a closer fight, I guess. Okay. Sure, yeah. I'm with you. Destroyed. Uh, and then last is the obvious. Uh, the rhinos are god awful. Yeah, that was pretty ridiculous. I really like the rhinos. 
I like the rhinos. They're like, don't you dare blow that horn. I was like, oh, something awesome's going to happen. It's like three rhinos come. You're like, are they super powered? And then the Black Panther just grabs one and like throws it to the ground. You're like, what the hell are these things doing? <laughs> oh, come on. I thought the rhinos were kind of neat. And, and I liked that you like you flipped the rhino. I thought it was neat. I don't know. He used to handle that rhino. Like, what's it going to do in a good fight? Like, it doesn't seem like they're powered up or anything. <laughs> it had some armor on his head. Yeah, yeah. It was wearing it had armor. Some armor on his head. Yeah. Even though it's an yeah. armored animal. Yeah. It, you know, <laughs> it was wearing something, you know, I mean, and it was a badass. It, it was cool to see dude come riding in on it. That was kind of neat. I hated dude's yeah. outfit, though. It looked like he was wearing long underwear <laughs> on underneath his like ceremonial stuff. And I, and I felt like it was like too long and warm. I was like, it's hot where you're at. What are you doing with these long sleeves? Probably air conditioned, man. He's got like outside super suit you, on. You know, they probably air conditioned all of Wakanda. <laughs> no, but he's got like super suit on, you know, it keeps yeah, him cool. Yeah. Whatever, you know. They had yeah. force field projectors in the Daishiki somewhere. Why couldn't he have an air conditioner? You know, I mean, come on. Okay. <laughs> All right, Bob. Okay, here's the thing. With those nits right. picked, those were little things. You normally you have. Oh yeah, no, I still think it's a very good movie. Okay, that's where I was going. We loved it. Yes. Okay. I mean, I want the Killmonger fight to be better. Fair enough. I don't want rhinos. I don't want his friend, his childhood friend, to be like, "Oh, you failed once. I'm done." <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I'll give you all that. Dottie, and I want a walking city tour of Wakanda. We'll get the walking city tour. I have a feeling Please. that's, that's going to be in the DVD. You extras. just want to go through the marketplace again and see what else they have for sale. Bob, thank you for your call and your constant nitpicking. We appreciate it. Oh, no problem. All right. We'll talk okay, to you bye. soon. Okay. Joe Patrick. Listen. Oh, let me turn you down. Jesus. Okay. Why oh. do you keep muting me? I'm, I'm not, muting myself. Don't I'm not muting it. you. I, I just have to turn up the phone calls because they're much quieter mm -hmm. than your signal for some reason. So, so I will say this. Um, I kind of agree with Bobby on the first one. It bugged me when his friend turned on him so quickly. Because it wasn't. Oops. It wasn't just that. It wasn't just that T'Challa didn't kill Claw. They didn't catch him. Right. Like he the 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 search was ongoing, but like. Yeah, the dude immediately turns on him. I agreed that that was shitty. Well, he had just been burned by some white people in upstate New York that tried to switch his like their brains into his body and stuff. You know, I mean, like there was that whole thing that went down. So he's pretty pissed off. It's <laughs> <laughs> a Get Out reference for those of you who are yeah, paying attention. <laughs> I got it. Um, but uh, the rhinos are awesome. The rhinos so were awesome. Shut up. Yeah, the yes. rhinos were kick ass. I like the rhinos. The rhinos were awesome. Um, the, the Killmonger fight, like, I kind of see where he's getting at, but, like, Killmonger was a trained black ops assassin. Yeah, total the dude badass. Could fight. And, like, when they, read, when they read off, like, his whole rap sheet, it was like, yeah, this guy is a murder machine. Like, made yes. to kill people and overthrow entire governments and stuff. So, right. I, I will buy that he's, he's that badass. I don't have a problem with that. Okay. Right, especially depowered. Let's get to the matter at hand. Star Wars Rebels and time travel. You don't just get to drop that bomb. Come on. What are we talking about here? Okay, listen, I'm actually only halfway through this season, but okay. it was spoiled for me, and, like, the internet is freaking out. Right. Those that have watched the episode. So, last night, spoilers, everybody who freaking watches it probably already watched it. I don't watch Star Wars Rebels, so I don't, I, you know. There's a world between worlds where you can enter a portal, and you can 
Looks like you can choose what timeline you want to walk down. Doodly doot doot doot. Looks like it looks like one of those uh, things in your silver circuit surfer uh, print right there, right? Okay. You just walk down one and you take a right and you go in. The, hey, look, hey, look. There is the the thrilling ending to season two. What? Where Vader is facing off against Ahsoka, who's now an adult, and it's like apprentice master. It's like that. It was an amazing. It seriously was an amazing scene. But anyways, weird. You don't know the fate of what, how that fight ended. But it's all the Star right? Wars Rebelverse, right? They're not doing like... But this is all canon, dude, because the Rebels that were in... They were in Rogue One. The, the uh, Chopper was in there, okay. and they even say... Uh, the, now she's like General Sabine in, by the time that Rogue One comes around. Okay. They say her name over the intercom. They even show her ship in one of the flying around scenes where there's like an armada of ragtag ships or whatever. All right. Uh, so there, it's canon, dude. This is all Disney Star Wars. So they can time... Well, so he, can, he times travel. It's not, time, it time travel. travel? Okay, it's time, time travel. travel. Okay. Because then he even goes to another point in time and uh, decides not to change that time thing, but he goes and changes this other time thing. Time travel is now in Star Wars. Yeah, I don't like it. What do you think about that? I don't think we've ever... They've never really addressed any kind of time travel. And they, it's through these have. portals, the world between worlds. Huh. I I don't think I like that. I don't. I kind of I kind of don't either. I don't love it. No, I don't love it. Here's the, whenever you introduce time travel into a story like this, you're like, all right, fine, then go kill baby Darth Vader, and we're and, all good. And I think they destroy. I think they destroy the portal that gets used in this episode, right? So okay. like they essentially remove it. This isn't something. But they can supposedly control, there's right? other portals in the universe. Okay, they just sort of exist. That just sort of exist, <clears throat> and that you can pop in and out of if you are like. If, like you, if you know how to do it, I guess. Wormholes. No, but well, this one is like a like a door-sized one in the side of a cave that like you and I could walk, not like a ship could go through. It's just like one person goes through. I don't like it. And goes down this little, hey, I'm gonna follow this little this little time thread and choink. No, sir, I don't like it. Mm. Mm. But to what end? Like what's the what happens? See, I, again, I haven't watched the episode. I tried last night to shotgun the the next like I'm I'm behind seven episodes, so okay. I was like, it's like oh, okay. okay. I was like, this is about three hours. Maybe I can do this before the show tomorrow, so I know <laughs> what the hell I'm talking about. Uh, so I tried and immediately fell asleep. Tip five minutes into the first. Well, we episode. prefer that you so, don't know what you're talking about yeah, and you yeah. come on the show because yeah, we right? rarely know what we're talking about, and we'd like to keep the bar set there. Yeah. So <laughs> someone someone out there watches it and can call in and yeah yeah yeah. Like, Are you like, watching Star Wars is, Rebels? What I, do you I want to know this? what people think about this time travel. Time thing. travel in Star Wars. You got I your time travel in my Star Wars. I think it sounds kind of dumb. You got your Star Wars in my time travel. Yeah. It's, right. And supposedly Abrams is going to tie everything together in his new episode. So what if his what? new movie has it in what? it, dude? What if his new movie has some no. stupid thread no, no, of no, no, time no, no, travel no, no, no. in it. I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want it. That seems very out of place. Yeah. Very out of place in a Star Wars yeah. story. I don't want it. Okay. And I, I, and, and, yeah. Let's whatever, go to the voicemail. Whatever, man. Whatever. Man. Well, let's marinate in that. If you're out there and you watch Star Wars Rebels and you think time travel in Star Wars is cool, call us. We'll tell you you're wrong. Right now, let's go. <laughs> Stately Lord Fungus, who's making me download... His call this week. Oh, what speed of downloads do you have? I've got it. It's done. Here we go. Oh, he sent the wrong attachment. (laughs) (laughs) It appears to have been like some type of note or that, or he just enslaved my computer and now I'm working for Staley Lord Fungus. I'm not really sure. Maybe that's it. I think it's finally come to fruition. His plan to take over. There we go. All right. 
Joe Bankus. We love this guy. Casual comics guy. He called him a casual comics kid last week. It was awesome. Hey, nerds. It's Joe Bankus, casual comics guy, and I'm here this time with my casual comics kid, Cassie. Oh, no. That was last week's. I apologize. My bad. I had to turn him up anyway. So and we're going to cut all this so it sounds really slick. We have a Google Voice. I have no idea who this is from. Here we go. For those of you who don't know, you can call us at 402-819-4894. You can leave us a message at any time, day or night, and we will play it on this show as long as it's offensive. Hey, Matt. First of all, preach on, preach on, uh, um, uh, preach away. I love it, and I think that uh, um, fans of, of, of real heroes in comics uh, will back you 100% in uh, um, de-linking this, this violence and, 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 uh, uh, in media and uh, mass shootings arguments. And additionally, I just want to back the message that uh, you know, as somebody who cares about heroes and looking out for the innocent and kids, uh, I, I would hope that we're all motivated to do something about guns. Uh, I, I do want to take a, a second to answer the question of the week in an amazing pivot, I guess. No, um, it's a perfect pivot. Thank uh, you. <laughs> to, to something that's based on violent media. So um, I, um, I I like Howard Chaikin's work. Uh, I've always liked his, his work, and I, I've had a renewed love of it after finding trades of his run on Die Hard for Boom Studios. Oh, my yeah, God. These two I've never read that. Two bucks a piece. And – it's, they're fun reads, man. Uh, um, go, go figure. It's backstories of John McClane's uh, first years are, are they're a hoot. They're very reminiscent of of, of the movies, uh, the, the tone and so forth. But uh, um, reading those really made me go back and uh, appreciate Chicken's work. So now I've got uh, my old issues of American Flag and uh, Black Hawk <laughs> out on the shelf. So uh, I'll be rereading those soon. Okay. I love Hope Howard Jenkins Black. Talk to you soon. Bye, nerds. Nice to hear from you, sir. I loved Howard Jenkins Blackhawk, and I loved American Flag. And we reviewed a few of those old diehard comics on the show. That's I funny. Those I did. well. I loved Howard Jenkins Blackhawk. Oh, ho, 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 ho. Sorry. Jeez, Hold up. Christ, you're killing Sorry. us. You're murdering us. Hold on. <laughs> Look, this is very difficult. Oh, please. Very technical. There's a lot of technicals going on. It's a weird delay. So, like, you start talking to me before I, the call is over. I understand. Uh, that was Black Scorpion the 3, by the way. I don't know if he identified himself. No, he did not. It was BS3. Yeah. I love Chicken's Iron Wolf for DC. Iron Wolf. What was that? Uh, Iron Wolf was is kind of a um, uh, space science. Lord, Iron, Lord Morgan Iron Wolf. No, no, not Morgan. I'm sorry. He's uh, he was, uh, kind of like his... John Cartery, spacey, fantasy, sci-fi. Uh, it was in like Weird Worlds, I think, is where it was originally. And then uh, Magnola drew a hardcover uh, that they put out, DC put out. When was this? Give me a year. I bet you it was 90s, dude. Yeah? Because I took it down and had Shake and Sign it. Uh I, I loved it. There's like vampires and like these big like ape dudes and this uh, was not in like DC continuity though. No, um, no, but well, because I think like Weird Worlds and their like adventure stories were all kind of just separate, right? But then again, they would do stuff like connect them because in Weird Worlds they had uh, Fafford and the Gray Mouser and they hooked up with Wonder Woman for an issue. So like, huh? 
whatever. All right, hold on. We got another call coming in. Joe Patrick, no screaming, all right? Thank you for calling THN Cover to Cover. Caller, who this? It's Brian Domingos. Brian Dodingo. Dingo. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry. I Listen. got them started calling you Dingo, dude, because you told me not to. That's, a, that's okay. But I, I think it's great. I myself as that, so I'm love, okay I love with it. it, but, you know. I'm going with Dodingo, Dodingo who was the Triceratops yeah. from The Legend of Zelda. He disliked smoke, as I recall. Sure. <laughs> what do you want to rap about today? I don't know. What are you guys talking about? Well, we were talking about Ready Player One. We were talking about Marvel Fresh mm-hmm. Start. We were talking about Black Panther. We were talking about, man, all manner of stuff. We were talking about Star Wars Rebels introducing the idea of time travel into the Star Wars universe, and none of us like it. <laughs> okay. I'm not familiar. I, I don't, I'm not a Star Wars guy, so I have no opinion on it. Um, did Toots get to see uh, Black Panther yet? He we did. Yeah, that? baby. He did. All right. Um, yeah, it was good. I don't know. You didn't love it? No, it was... I, like I, there were parts where I was like, I was really happy that it exists, you know, kind of like Wonder Woman where it's like someone is going to watch this and it's going to change the way that they look at movies, right. you know, like some young kid. And like, so I was really, you know, with children of my own, I was like, you know, this is going to affect some kid in a really good way. Uh-huh. So I'm, I'm happy about that. Okay. Um, I mean, I also watched it and was like, wow, there are some, um, white people that are going to be terrified by this. Oh, so, sure. Um, uh- Sure. You know, mm. it's like, wow, this is a, uh, it's a very African movie. But um, I thought it was, you know, good, good um, characters and um, actors. And I'd like to see more. I like them. You know, it was good. It was a Marvel movie where the women had an equal balance. You know what I mean? Like every Marvel movie has been like, look at these male superheroes. And well, we got one. We got this chick over right, here. Right. Right. Uh, but this it was like the women were just as important, just as empowered, just as powerful as the dudes. And there was a lot oh, of them. Yeah. Like, my wife was like, finally. She was like, that was great. Yeah. She was like, seeing all those women up there was great. Okay, now, here's, let's go to the trolls for a minute. I think before the movie came out, all the trolls were like, oh, well, it's all the white people are going to be bad guys, I see. And, oh, and, like, this is a very black-centric, oh, Marvel's black now. And then they came out going, oh, Bilbo well, that Baggins wasn't really wasn't the, a bad guy. That really wasn't the case at all. But there was too many women in the movie, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, like, they had to shift gears and bitch about something else, you know? <laughs> But yeah, no, they'll always find something to complain about. Um, I thought, no, the, the women were, were badass. And they totally. Were, they were awesome. Um, and I like that they're not, they weren't all the same. You yeah, know, like right. there's yeah. like the, no. yeah. the spy, but then the warriors and like the, the you know, the techie. They, they, they came yeah. from different angles. And there was a whole middle section awesome. of the film where basically Okoyo was the only person with a head on her shoulders. <laughs> like everybody right. else was freaking out. And she's like, no, we are not doing this. We have to do what's best for the country. And this yeah. is it right now, you know? Uh, yeah, no, they, they they were very cool, and I love the uh, the war rhino. I thought that was awesome. Okay, um, the rhino gets they more more yays than nays. Yes, yes. We've got one. Bobby the picker did not like the rhinos. Oh well, why, they don't have horses because that's too like European. Yeah. So they have rhinos. Like that's awesome. Like I love that's it. one of those things of like they're they're African. They have rhinos and, and spaceships. They, they use them too. for war. <laughs> and it, it's like having a like a like an elephant, like a war elephant. Sure. It's cooler because they have horns. So. Totally. Um, yeah, no, I look forward to hearing what Bobby said because he has a point of view. No, he does. And, and to be fair, he didn't <laughs> nitpick anything huge. He just had some small nitpicks. Um, yeah, no, it was, it was good. And, um, what else was there? The, uh, this Neil Gaiman Sandman universe. Yeah. Thing? The Neil Gaiman universe. Uh, they announced this week that the Sandman is getting like a, basically a four comic book 
corner of Vertigo, where it's going to be an interconnected Sandman universe with new creators writing them. We talk about it on the regular show. So what do you think? Um, I, I mean, I don't know that we need more Sandman stuff. Okay. But I also think, like, this is, this, this is what we've always wanted, right? Like, the creators are running the ship. Yeah. Like, it's their... So, you know, editorials, like, we're here to make sure the book gets put out on time. We'll give you some insight, but it's up to you. Yeah. So we've got that. We've got, like, Young Animal. We've got the Bendis stuff. And, like, all right, if you want to have, like, boutiques that kind of, you know, put out specialized books from people who are really passionate about it. Yeah. Alongside, you know, Green Arrow and, you know, Batman and all that. Like, okay, like, give it a shot. And, you know, most of them are not going to sell well, but there'll probably be one or two things where 10 years ago from now you'll be like, oh, man, that book was so cool. And, right. You know, yeah. what a great point. You know. It's specialty stuff. Like, all right, let it go for a year and a half and see what happens. And, um, I mean, I think the idea of 60 issue runs is pretty over. Yeah. yeah everything part, is, you know, everything's so story focused. Right. You know what I mean? Like everything's written for a collection. They're written for, they're all writing it's for the coming trade out monthly, You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, I think, I mean, if you're, you're going to have Gaiman come in and not even, he's not writing it. He's just sort of like handpicking, you know, his replacements. And I think that's, why not? Like, yeah. Does he have like um, a Magnola type of vibe where he's overseeing the yes, story? Yes. And then, I think but other people are writing I it? I think he's very much, he, he's coming to them and saying, play with my toys. But, you know, let, they're, I'm still going to oversee things and make sure that it stays. You're getting like my main right. story out yeah. or like my main ideas out. Yeah, exactly. Just and in your like, way. We, uh, just on the regular show, we were just trapped in the Wizard Wayback Machine in 1996 when The Dreaming first appeared as a series, which spun right out of Sandman. And I remember at that time, I liked Sandman. I had read it, and I really enjoyed it. I Later on in life, I enjoyed it much more. But when The Dreaming came out, I was like, why do I want to read this? I just don't, I don't even, I barely care about these weird characters. I don't really know them very well. And then I read it and fell in love with The Dreaming. It was a wonderful series. And that was like Vertigo, height of its power, Vertigo. They were killing it back then. And I think this is a great way to bring that feeling back, but give it to new creators to continue a very much beloved property. Sure. You know, and as long as they do it tastefully and they're doing it with the guidance and the blessing of Neil Gaiman. Right. Yeah. By all means. Most man. importantly. You know by right? all it's means. It's not like the Watchmen stuff where they're like, yeah. we're going to do it anyway. Yes. This is. Yeah. yeah. It's, the, it's the other. It's the other side of like the Promethea Tom Strong thing. Right. Where, you know, where it's like, yeah. They can do that. I don't feel great about it. If something good comes out of it, that's good, but I don't know. To, be, this to be fair, Promethea, Tom Strong, that ABC stuff, that was all work for hire. So they do own that. Yeah, it's, a, it's very, I mean, it, it is very complicated. Like, yeah. I guess when DC, when DC bought Wildstorm and therefore Wildstorm was now part of the, you know, uh, ABC was part of DC, that, Jim Lee had to handwrite checks to Alan Moore. Yeah. <laughs> because he didn't want DC to pay him, which is just that, like, you're never going to win with that guy. No. <laughs> that, that's what, that, you know, I'll take the money, but not from them. It's like, well, right. You're going to make them hand it to me so I can hand it to you. Like, okay. Well, and, and Joe brought up principles, I guess. When we were talking about this the regular show, Joe brought up like why it's different, how DC treats Neil Gaiman versus the way they treat Alan Moore. And I honestly believe it's because Neil Gaiman's a really nice guy that is willing to work in the system and Alan Moore is not. And that's fine. I'm yeah. not saying one is any better than the other. Alan Moore is allowed to be pissed. And there's a number of cases, too many cases 
of the big two shitting all over creators, right? But Neil Gaiman seems to have been taken care of because I think he wanted to play ball more. I think he's yeah, a little he more reasonable. This. Yeah. Gaiman's already famous. He's doing just fine. And, and like, this yeah. is a drop in the bucket compared to the movie deals he gets and, <laughs> and what, right. and even probably even book deals, you know? And TV shows and all, yeah. So but he, he truly he loves his stuff. To come and, and deal with monthly books. He truly but loves he his stuff. It, so. He knows that the fans still truly love it, and he's giving the fans more of what they want. I think it's great. Yeah, I look forward to the rest of the, uh, you know, the kind of, I'm, I'm really curious what Bendis is going to do with his corner. Yeah, I'm, I'm more take- curious about that than I am his Superman, honestly. Like, I think his Superman is going to be fun. It, it, it'll be a good time, whatever. I'm more curious to see what he does with his little boutique corner of DC. And I like, like you said, how they're setting up these little boutique imprints, like Young Animal, uh, like Neil Gaiman's corner of Vertigo. And it's fun. I think it's cool. And it highlights the creators. And it allows these old guys to bring in people where they see talent and give them an actual shot. And I hope right. DC is, is giving them blank canvas and saying, Hey, Brian, you're in charge. If it doesn't sell, we got to cancel it, but you're in charge. Take it away. You know, give it to whoever, let them do whatever they want to do. I think it's awesome. It's more, it's a very, yeah, Im- I think it's, it's a very I think image it's comics feel, you know? Yeah. I agree. Domingos. Good. Always good to talk to you, brother. Thank you for your call. Always thought provoking. Yeah. Have a good week. All right. You too. Later, I'm gonna, man. I'm going to turn back down. Later. I'm going to invite Joe Patrick back into the fold. Hi. There he is. It's Joe. It's Joe. So you're listening live on Facebook, right? Yeah. Okay. Do you need like a two second, three second countdown after each phone call? Yeah, pretty much. It's several seconds worth of delay. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that's uh, three votes. Yay for rhinos. Sorry, Bobby. What can I say? Yeah. You're just wrong. So we wrapped about. I just think the rhinos shouldn't have been fenced in with just. You know, trees. Well, that rhino's cool with it. Yeah, I get it. That rhino's like, maybe, he's not going to bust maybe out. He's was, cool with it. It's like you put a you dog in the You don't think they have like shock collars on those things like a dog with an the, invisible fence? In the States, we have them. invisible fence. They don't need them. <laughs> that rhino was super smart. He ran up to a coyote and then slammed he, on the brakes. Then he doesn't need a fence at all if he's that smart. That is he his, knows just to hang out right there. But that's his you home. You hang out right there, bro. That's his home. He feels comfortable in there. Okay. You know, He likes it. Like okay. when you put your dog in the kennel and it goes to bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He digs it. It's not a punishment. I like mounts. I like mounts being ridden oh, into battle. Who, who so, doesn't you know, like I'm mounts? I'm not going <laughs> to bag on the rhinos too much. I just think their fencing was funny. All right. Fair <laughs> enough. Let's get into our answers to the question of the week. We're, we're, we're nearing the end here. We're we out, are, man. We're out that of voicemails. Yeah, it was fun. We started a little late. So if you want to call, we're still hanging out. 402-819-4894. You can be live. Talk about anything in the news this week. Talk about comics you read. Neil Gaiman, Sandman Corner, Black Panther. Uh, there is one voicemail that you missed. Utah. I did? It came in at 624 this morning. Oh, it's friggin' Marcus. And I think you know who it's from. Oh, hey, God. he usually asks a question, so let's let's roll with it's it. My sous chef. All right. Here we go. Let's see what he's got. Sorry, take a second to load. There we go. Hi, this is Marcus. I was wondering what uh, your guys' favorite restaurant uh, is, and uh, I'd like to congratulate Matt on his first Michelin style. <laughs> Okay. Marcus asks what our favorite restaurant is, and he's congratulating me on my first Michelin star. A funny thing happened at work yesterday where these four very nice ladies came in, and they asked to speak to the chef, 
And I came out and I was like, what's going on, ladies? How are we doing? And they're like, well, we just wanted to say how thankful we are to have a Michelin starred restaurant here in Omaha. And we want to congratulate you. And I looked at them knowing that we do not have a Michelin star. For those of you who don't know what Michelin stars are, they're basically the Oscars of restaurants. <laughs> they're very, very hard to get. Like so hard to get that when you can get one, two, and three, when sometimes people lose stars, they will kill themselves. Okay. Oh my God. <laughs> that has happened. That's really happened. We do not have a Michelin star, but I looked at these ladies and said, thank you. And it wasn't easy. And so until someone corrects me, I'm just going to tell everyone that the Blackstone Meatball is the only Michelin starred restaurant in Nebraska. <laughs> Dang. And when they do correct me and be like, big deal. So what? I'm not going to kill myself. I'm not like that crybaby in France. Whatever, man. <laughs> My favorite restaurant in town is Rivera's on 120th. And Blondo. It is wonderful Mexican food cooked by my buddy Jesus. He's a total badass. And he's not afraid to make spicy food to burn white people. And I love it. Absolutely love it. My wife and I go there probably once a week, and we've been doing so for almost 12 damn years. I love Rivera's. We're going there for dinner tonight. There you go. There you go. Uh, my favorite restaurant in town is Malara's, uh, which is an old-school Italian steakhouse. Yep. Um. Uh, in in Omaha, and uh, yeah, I just really like it. Twenty fourth and Vinton, right? Over there. Yep, yep. They hand make uh, like they they make all their pasta homemade right there. It's really excellent food. Are we getting a call? Yes, we're getting a call. We're getting a call. Oh shit! Thank you for calling THN Cover to Cover Caller. Who this? Hey, it's the Merriman, Brett Merriman. Brett Merriman, we thought you were dead. <laughs> oh, not just watching Star Wars Rebels. That's all. I was oh, okay. Oh, okay. you watched it, eh? Are you calling to talk about Star Wars Rebels? Uh, I just want to clarify. Yeah, it looks like they did it just to get Ahsoka Tano back into the universe. Um, but for a while there, I thought they were going to use it to explain what a ghost is in Star Wars universe, like as if Obi Wan has been running around like behind the scenes and doing that kind of stuff. But I hate that. then they, I know, but I don't think that's what it was. Good. But they, because you guys are right, they closed the door. So now there's this huge power just laying somewhere in the universe. But they did, as they were running around, you could hear scenes from the six, like, other movies or eight uh, other films. So uh, it is still there. Uh, uh, yes, yes, uh, yeah. So I'm thinking to myself, why are they not running around, like, saving everyone who died or running and jumping and killing Darth Sidious at any moment, you know, and I don't know. Yeah, so see, it adds too much power lying there. It adds too much complication this the, bullshit. This is man. the problem with time travel. This is the, the yeah. huge problem with time travel, you know? It's it, super powerful. So. Yeah. And, okay, if they're just farting Ashoka back into the universe, fine. Whatever. I don't really care about that character. Yeah. And I, I will, love Ashoka, though. Dude. I will go I on to argue well, that. You're, that a, you're, you're a crazy man because she was awesome. And that episode yeah, from that year where she fought Anakin was like tear-jerking, yeah. amazing, awesome yeah, shit. Okay, She's but badass. how did Anakin have a Padawan if he never became a master? Uh, yeah, but dab do don't, <laughs> don't get started with that. Don't, don't think about it too long. There's rules! Yeah, there's rules and they break them. And now they've added time travel. So what are you going to fucking do now? <laughs> hey, can I ask you guys one thing about... Um, I picked a volume one of... The Wildstorm, and oh, yeah. I love I loved it, but I never read any Wildstorm issues ever. So you don't need. To. I didn't have anything to. Okay, you but, do. Yeah, not I need loved to. it, but I'm not sure if you guys who have read every Wildstorm probably ever made actually like it or not. 
is this the is it a new series or is it collecting Ellis. the old stuff? Yeah. No, this is Warren Ellis's new okay, series. So the I, didn't, I didn't read it. I don't. And so, it's yeah. sort of the Warren Ellis corner of the DCU. Word. You know, it's not really connected to anything. And no, you don't need to read anything. But this is Warren Ellis no. resetting it basically and just bringing it in a modern day. It is absolutely wonderful. It is okay. Wonderful. I wasn't sure if you guys hated it or, or no. thought it was dumb or what. Okay, because I, I thought it was great. I have loved it. I've been. I was a little underwhelmed by the Michael Cray book. It's gotten much better. Okay. And Michael Cray, who he's would, not writing that, though, right? No, 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 no. Somebody else's. I can't remember for the life of me. Suddenly, but regardless, it is so good. Pick up the Wild Storm, read it. You don't need any background. It is real yeah. gritty. What if there were superheroes running around in the world as we know it today? Not so much a DCU. Lovely stuff. All right. I'm going to jump back in the time portal, get uh, Biggs out of that X-Wing before he bites it. So, <laughs> All right. Good one. Yeah. What'd get you Porkins. Yeah, I was going to say, Porkins. save Porkins. Poor no, Porkins, Porkins, man. <laughs> Porkins wasn't even shot. He, like, was messing up himself. He, 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 dry, he spilled some no one Cheetos Porkins, in his lap, and he was leaning down to grab the Cheeto that fell on the floor. And he biffed off the He's side. He's like, I got a problem here. I'm like, yeah, what do you mean you're flying? How hard is that? <laughs> he had a problem. He dropped his Cheetos. You heard it. <laughs> All, right. All right, Brad. Good Bye, to talk guys. to you, man. Okay. We're bringing Joe Patrick back. I'm turning this down. There he is. Hi. Hi. Okay. So we're answering our answers for the question of the week. That's what we're doing. Uh Oh, I made a point in the chat because uh, I didn't want to try to talk over Brett with the delay, but like the wild storm is basically like ultimate wild storm. Yes. Right. Absolutely. It's just taking the concepts, remixing them, um, and presenting them in a new way. It's super fun. Reduxing them. They're it's totally reduxed. Yeah. Completely reduxed. Joe, do you have a, uh, do you have an answer to the question of the week? The tailor made question, right? Yes. Um, hmm. The comic book that hit you right in the feelies just at the right time. You know, it's probably Starman, which I know everyone's sick of hearing me talk about. Yeah. Um, I came onto that book late. Um, well, I, I knew it existed. Uh, I, I knew that it spun out of zero hour, um, but I wasn't really following it. And then um, in 1996, uh, just after high school, before I went off to college, um, I started seeing these ads for uh, they were doing like a, they used to do these themed months, like they do flash month. Right. And so that month would have like two issues of the flash and then an issue of secret files. Yeah. It was super cool. Or an, or an 80 page giant or whatever they were doing back then. Uh, and they did it for Starman, And, uh, I was super curious about it. Uh, but I did not pick up my first issue of Starman until issue 50, which starred, which guest starred Starboy from the Legion of Superheroes. What? I even started with issue one. <laughs> no, like I never, I never, like they, it, when I went off to college, um, I got my comics mostly, although I did find a comic book store, I found my comics mostly at like grocery stores and stuff. So I didn't ever really see Starman on the stands. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. You were still living in small town nowhere at the time. No, I was I was at Iowa State, so I was living in Ames. Oh, but okay. when I came home and started going to the comic shop, you know, on a weekly basis, uh, I was going to Ground Zero on Fiftieth and G, and uh, that's where I found Starman for the first time, and it bowled me over, and like I immediately went back and 
snapped up everything I could find. And, uh, yeah, I never looked back. It rolled you so, over. It totally rolled me over. <laughs> Jared, do you have an answer to the question of the week? Uh, yes, I do. Okay. But first off, there's that Iron Wolf book. I totally remember that. Yeah. Yes, I totally remember that. Okay. Uh, I brought a visual aid. It was this book right here. Oh, hey. Dragon Nero. Okay. So in, uh, what was this, 2006 or in 2009, I guess, um, I was starting my uh, fallout with uh, superheroes where I was like, I'm not reading, I'm not enjoying these stories so much anymore. And uh, this book, I just saw it in previews and I was like, okay, bang, just grabbing it. Look, name, it's kind of cool. Look at these cool dudes on it. And um, it's uh, translated, I believe, from Italy. And uh, Dark Horse collected and translated it. It's just an epic magic and fantasy story, uh, you know, where darkness is encroaching and they get a ragtag group to fight it back. This wizard gathers this team of like an old soldier, an ogre, and this uh, young girl who's kind of like has a little bit of a technology because she has like an axe that has a gun built into it. You know, it's a very pirate weapon from history, whatever. And, uh, you know, they fight back the dark. And, so did they rip off Battle Chasers, or did Battle Chasers rip them off? Oh, that, I don't know. <laughs> it's it's not as, like, steampunky as Battle Chasers is. Okay. Battle Chasers yeah. has got a kind of real heavy, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, uh, I'm sorry, tell me the title again. Dragon Hero. Here, it's, check it's it out. It's not as, like, steampunky as Battle Chasers is. Oh, man. Okay. Anyways, it just reinforced my uh, choice. You know what I mean? So to to seek out other comics, other types of stories, Besides capes and tights, and and I could still find something to love and enjoy and and make my own. Like I felt like this, and I asked all kinds of people. Nobody had ever heard of it. Nobody read it. So to me, it was like this was my little treasure yeah, that like I was not aware spoke of to me and like and I think is awesome. Like it's gorgeous and it's a cool little sto- cool little book. And I think, dude, you can get it for like maybe. It's like five dollars on Amazon right now. It's a, uh, yeah, it's still in print. It's ridiculous. It's still in print. Uh, cool. It's solid. Okay, I'm gonna go. Also, this is '90s young Matt bomb. At the time, was only reading very, very serious. Oh, for some reason, my mic is. Hold on. Check, check, check. I'm getting like no signals. No signals. What the hell? I didn't do anything. How long has that been going on? I don't know. The whole oh, oh, episode. Hey, I'm back. Wow, I just exploded. Uh, for some reason. Young Matt Bomb only wanted to read really hyper-serious stuff. And I was never into humor comics. Never really did it for me. Until a friend of mine put Evan Dorkin's Milk and Cheese into my hands. It was the first collection, because you could not find the actual issues anywhere. Like, the first printings were, I don't know, they printed probably like 500 of them. I'm sure they're out there. But I got a collection and picked up at Anarchy Comics at the time, out on 120th, by Rivera's, actually, and fell hook, line, and sinker, head over heels, in love with Evan Dorkin's Milk and Cheese. For those of you who don't know what it is, it is a piece of cheese and a carton of milk. They're spiteful. That drink and cause riots. <laughs> dairy products gone bad was the tagline. Yeah, yeah, dairy, yes, products, dairy products, products gone, gone bad. bad yes. <laughs> it is absolutely ridiculous. The one that grabbed me was they were sitting at the table, and it was like the very first one I read. I just flipped, open the book to a page, and a lot of them are just like one pan, one page comic strips right and they're sitting at the breakfast table and they're smoking and reading the paper and cheese puts the paper down looks at milk and goes whoever a villa chase is dead 
Query <laughs> <laughs> Villachez was the dwarf from Fantasy Island. He goes, he plane, he plane, you know? Tattoo. And then Cheese looks at Milk and goes, Query Villachez is dead? Question mark. And they both stand up and they scream, Query Villachez is dead! <laughs> and then they like run out into the streets and they're bashing cars with hammers and boards with nails to them and like kicking people in the face screaming Hervé Villa Chase is dead <laughs> and in the end it's like this just large panel and the city is burning and they're marching away <laughs> into, the, yeah. into the sunset this giant Hervé Villa Chase is dead scream above them. <laughs> it was just so absurd and wonderful oh milk and cheese after that I started reading all kinds of like actually funny comic books. Sure. There's another very similar strip where they go on a, uh, on a rampage and all they're doing throughout the entire strip is shouting Merv Griffin. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Merv Griffin. (laughs) (laughs) It was definitely like a very drunk Evan Dorkin as an angry young man, just like writing these spiteful, horrible comics. Did you so good? You ever read uh, Instant Piano? Yeah. Did you, the Instant Piano? Yeah. Uh, Evan Dorkin's uh, Furious George is one of my favorite oh, uh, yeah. things ever. It's just like a three or four panel, and Furious George, Curious George's brother is sitting against a tree in a leather jacket, <laughs> and, and a voice from off panel goes, hey, hey, Furious George, how come nobody asks about you? And then the last panel is him flipping off, and he's going, fuck you, hippos. <laughs> That's it. Furious George is the best. He's Furious George. All right. Uh, Dork is also, was his series that was like more like short gags. Yeah. Dork was wonderful. Um, yeah. I really love Dork. Dork was really good. Uh, yeah. I could, I guess I could have used Evan Dorkin as like the creator that I like fell in love with, but, and I've always loved, but actually that was supposed to be at the time of reading now. So scratch that. Let's get on to the new question of the week and then let's get the hell out of here. Joe Patrick, you want to reset this one too? Sure thing. Our new question of the week comes from Joe Benkis, a.k.a. Casual Comics Guy on the Twitter. He wants to talk about our favorite comic book gadgets. For example, if we had to choose, would we, would we rather have Spidey's web shooters or Batman's utility belt? You know, what's your favorite weird comic gadget? Okay. Mm-hmm. That's a good one and an easy one. So mm-hmm. I expect several calls from several of the people that got mm-hmm. called out on the show today. You know who you are. You listen, but you haven't been calling us. We Someone's going to call in with like, this is the best one because it's so simple and it's beauty and it's perfect. <laughs> you all chose super, com- <laughs> you guys all chose super compliments, complicated stuff, but I just went with the battering. Oh, please. Oh, please. I'm going with the ultimate nullifier. I already know it. Thank you to everybody that called in today. Thank you for everybody that left a voicemail. You can play along with us every Saturday from 1130 to 1230 Central Standard Time when Joe Patrick isn't making us late. Joe, it was nice to have you on the show. I'm sorry. It was seven minutes. Relax. <laughs> I'm sorry for the listening difficulties and the delay. No, no, it's all good. All I'm right. happy to be here. We will be back next week to play this all over again. But you can call us anytime during the week, like I said. Or you can send us an MP3, the two-headed nerd at gmail.com. We want to hear from you guys. We don't have a show without you guys and you girls. And it does get a little stinky in locker room in here when it's all dudes calling. So I'd love to hear some ladies every once in a while. Okay? Amy. It would be good. Not from just, North Dakota. Not just Amy. It's not just her job. There's other girls out there. They're Heather. <laughs> yeah, Heather. Where have you been? Come on. <laughs> Mother of the chaos. But for now, kids. 
We got real lives we got to get to. We got real Saturday morning cartoons we got to watch. So, this is the Two Headed Nerd. Signing off. See us. Baba Booey. <laughs>